Olá, sou a Dora. Ok. Hello, everybody. These, this is your co-host, James, and I am here with the lovely Cameron. Today, unfortunately, we are going to be reading Homestuck, because sadly, this is a Homestuck podcast. I'm very sorry. That it is. Disclaimer, I have I've never read Homestuck before, and Cameron has. Take that as you will, I will be seeing Homestuck for the first time. And Cameron won't. I don't know what we're going to be doing. And I sure do hope Cameron does. You get to listen to our shenanigans. I don't know why you would, but I'm glad you're here nonetheless. Cameron, what do you have to say about this? That we are doing. Um, so if you have the first page pulled up, I do as well. And we can start this thing off. Oh god, I'm so scared. I'll let you handle the first few words. Okay, I'll do the narrator's part. I sent you the link, so you should be able to open it and look at it while I read it. A young man stands in his bedroom. It just so happens that today, the 13th of April 2009, is this young man's birthday. Though it will be 13 years ago he was given life, it is only today he will be given a name. What will the name of this young man be? Um... I think his name is, like, Edith, or whatever. It's like an E and Ethan. Well, according to the comic, his name is Zeus Malpooplord. Oh, that's but, tr- but nope, try again, smartass. You probably need to look at it while we read it. <laughs> How about instead of John Egbert? Now, examine room. Your name is John, as as it was previously mentioned, it is your birthday. A number of cakes are scattered around your room. You have a variety of interests. You have a passion for really terrible movies. You like to program computers, but you're not very good at it. You also have a fondness for paranormal lore. You are an expiring manager magician. You also like to play games sometimes. What will you do? John, quickly retrieve arms from drawer. Your arms are in your magic chest, Pooplord. Remove cake from that chest. Out of sympathy for John's perceived lack of arms, you pick up the cake and put it on his bed. John. Sorry, I'm like reading this really quickly. You are. I'm trying to cut in because this is a podcast after all. And due to copyright reasons, we probably shouldn't be reading the entire comic out like this. I think it's fine. I think it's under fair use. Oh, I've seen other people do it. It's fine. Oh, dear listeners, another disclaimer. We do not own Homestuck, as you may have noticed. And we don't. probably a medium. Better retrieve by your own eyes. So, if you are here to listen to the Homestuck comic, try somewhere else. I would recommend, if you don't want to read it out loud, there's a read-through, which is up to about, like, Act 6. If you want to just listen to that, it has the animations everything. It has everything voiced except for one minor character who speaks in Morse code. But I would recommend that, not this, if you're actually trying to get the story of Homestuck. Please, this is not a read-through. We are not here for the story. Well, this I'm- is a read and react, not a read and read. This is 
a read and Cameron's thoughts and my genuine first reactions. Yep. Okay. Now, I'm really sorry. Blind. Yes. Also, you should probably actually have the comic pulled up so you can read it. I do have it pulled up. Okay. We are on page six currently. Um, I now... You retrieve your fake arms from a chest. You use these for hilarious antics. Oh boy, Egbert, what are you doing? <laughs> you cap... Capulog. Capulog. That's definitely in your Scylladex. You have no idea what that actually means, though. There are other items in the chest. John, examine contents of the chest. Do you want to just swap off every page, or do you want to, like, have one person read the narrator and one person read certain characters, or what? Um, if... Uh, who knows? I like to do funny voices, so I'll do funny voices whenever I have the chance. And I'll okay. cut in if... whenever you want. That works. I'm also probably going to force you to comment some... to voice some of the characters, because I'm not voicing every single 2,000 plus characters in this story. So let's continue. Oh, I, I love funny voices after all. Yep. John, examine contents of the chest. He, and here you keep an array of the humorous and mystical artifacts. Each one a devastating weapon in the hands of a skilled magician or cunning prankster. You are neither of these. Among these artifacts are two fake arms currently catalogued in your Silidex, one pair of trick handcuffs, one stunt sword, one magician's hat, one pair of beagle plus glasses, several smoke pellets, several blood capsules, and one copy of the Colonial Sassier's Daunting Test of Magical Frivolity and Practical Jaspery, and one copy of Han Harry Anderson's Wise Guy by Mike Canavery. Okay. Some of this must... Comment? Really? Hmm. Um, okay. First of all, what is he doing with the handcuffs? Second of all, <laughs> blood capsules? Third of all, beagle it, pus. Do you not know what a beagle pus is? I... No. no. It's one of those, it's one of those, like, those in the funny eyebrows? That's what a beagle pus is. Oh. I just thought they were, like, called, like, stupid glasses. Or something like that, like jokester glasses or whatever. You, you. They're also called that, but their traditional name is a beagle bus. I see. Also, if you think the blood capsules are bad, just wait. You learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. Now, John, capture log smoke pellets. You stow the smoke pellets in one of your capture log cards in your Cyclodex. You still aren't totally sure what that means, but you're starting to get the hang of the vernacular, at least. You have two empty capture log cards remaining. Also, I, also, also I should mention, every time that I say John blank, it means we're on a new page, because that is the next command. I see. Also, don't worry if the deck stuff doesn't make sense now. It's never going to make sense, so we just run with it. Ah, I see. We just take take, take what it gives us. I understand. Fine. Yep. Um, now, John, equip fake arms. You aren't totally sure what equip is a verbal copiac, 
with the abstract behavioral medium in which you dwell, you decide to give it a try anyway. Unfortunately, you cannot access the fake art arms. The card is underneath when you just use capture log the smoke pellets. You will use the pellet you'll have to use the pellets first in order to access your arms. But this is probably unadvisable since you just make your room lousy with smoke. Your Scylodex's fetch modus is currently dictated by the logic of a stack data structure. You were never that great with data structures, but you find the concept puzzling and mildly irritating. But with any hope, you'll perhaps you will advance new, more practical fetch modi for your Scylodex with later experience. Kind of understanding what the Scylodex is, your Scylodex's fetch modus is currently dictated by the logic of a stack data structure. You will be learning data structures in this podcast. Yep, with any hope you will advance new, more practical fetch modi for your Scylodex with more experience. Basically, the type he has is kind of like, it's stacked on top of each other, so every time he capture locks something new, he can only access that, and once he uses that, he can use the card under it. I see. Interesting. Let's examine our problem sleuth poster. Is it even possible to get any more hard-boiled than that? You really doubt it. This poster was one of your wisest purchases. Fun there is a nice spot on the wall next to it. You've been meaning to hang another poster there soon. Fun fact, when it says this poster was one of your wisest purchases, it sends you to a link to buy that poster. So... Oh boy. We sure do love intuitive marketing. Of course. Now, let's read the note on drawer. Happy birthday, son. I'm so proud of you. This note is rich with the aromas of fatherly aftershave and cologne. Besides the note, this rolled up poster. John, take poster. Another birthday artifact. You wonder what it is printed on the poster. You'll need some way to hang it on your wall. Acquire hammer and nails. They will come in handy. This is funny, considering the fact that John does not, in fact, have any hands. Yep. You first place the hammer into your Scylodex, but now your capture log cards are full. You wonder what happens if you try to take the nails. You guess it doesn't hurt to try? John? The arms fell out. ruh ro raggy mm-hmm. oh. You capture log four nails into the top card and push the artifacts down a card. The fake arms are pushed entirely out of the deck. Oh well, they're probably completely useless anyway. But you probably don't want to do that again unless you want to suffer the... Unless you want to drop the smoke pellets and suffer the consequences. In any case, you feel like you've gathered some enough things to get down to business and do some really important stuff. Next thing you'll do is probably especially meaningful. Squawk like an imbecile on your desk. This is the dumb I- dumbest idea you've had in weeks. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And yet the polished surface of your desk, it beckons. I see Draw. how this comic is turning out, and... Honestly, this is what you spend your time doing, isn't it? It gets better, I promise. Of course it does. Okay. John, combine the nails and hammer. Merge the top two cards. The hammer and nails are now catch-logged on the same card and can be used together. John, use hammer and nails on poster. You use the hammer and nails card in conjunction with the card beneath it. John nail poster to wall. Sorry, let me scroll down here. You use the hammer and nails on 
poster on the blank space on the wall. It's glorious, exactly what you wanted. The old man really came through this time. This is a poster for little monsters. Yep. What riveting content. Like, honestly, I'm feeling so enriched right now. There's a lot of movie references in this comic. That's nice. Especially in the early days. I know on, like, page 3,000, 4,000 something, there's a whole thing about Con Air. You just wait for it. Examine Con Air poster. Put the bunny back in the box. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? John, examine Deep Impact poster. Morgan Freeman poster. Homes from mannerisms were perfect qualities for a president residing over a crisis. Ocean Wow. I know I started singing a Hamilton song there, but Unfortunately. about impending apocalypse fascinate you. Plus, a black president, now you've seen everything. Warning, the earlier days of this comic aren't the best in terms of, like, racism and misogynistic and homophobia and stuff. Because it was originally, I could go off on a rant for this for, like, a week. But it was definitely originally written, it was originally written for, like, cishet guys on 4chan. But then later expanded to kind of grow with its new audience of neurodivergent gays. But the earlier days are questionable. Now, I will be, in fact, judging Cameron for every aspect of this comic. Because this is, in fact, one of their slight obsessions. And they... obsession? I think you mean full obsession. I was trying to be... Um, what's the word? What is the word? Polite? I was trying to be, um, considerate of (laughs) your personal life, but if you wish to tell the entire world that you are, in fact, obsessed with Homestuck, that is your own poison. I feel like any social media page of mine you look at and you can tell that already, so... But yes, I am extremely obsessed with Homestuck now. Let's examine calendar. You've marked your birthday, the 13th of April. Another day you marked was supposed to be the arrival date for the highly toured Suburb Beta launch. So the way you pronounce that is kind of a, like, inconsistent thing. Because it was never... Yeah, you could pronounce it either Suburb, Esperb, loads of ways. Uh and fun fact, there's a link to the beta version of the comic, though we're not reading that because it got like three pages in. You are sick to death of cake. You've been eating cake all day, and you have no intention of clogging your Silidex with it either. The cake stays put for now. You're a notice from your- What? Do we have a surprise visitor? Hola, soy Dora. Dear listeners, welcome our third surprise guest- Kamori. Your boy, Kamori Kun. Oh, hi, Kamori. Hello. The sexiest of the group, the hottest, the best looking. We are this... reading Homestuck. Would you like me to send you the link? Oh, uh, this... yeah. Wait, am I supposed to be reading it with you? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Uh, just tell me what to read and I'll read it because I haven't read Homestuck. Just <gasps> ironically. Once again, we are extremely. Sorry that it is, as mentioned, a Homestuck podcast, and it's 
not only a homestuck podcast but a shitty homestuck podcast so again as we said we hope this podcast will get better with time i'm so glad you are here with us kamori but um, yeah, i am not glad that it happened 17 minutes within our recording <laughs> but, i yes. apologize good sir if any random random friends join okay. us co-hosts just they're here now yeah Welcome we are currently on page 23 john examine incoming message you pull up your to your computer this is where you spend most of your time you decorated your desktop with some rather handsome wallpaper which you made yourself i'm really proud of it your desktop is also littered with various programming project files you're so bad at programming sometimes you wonder why you even bother with it your password from application is flashing someone's trying to get in touch with you so let's open Pester Chum. For our dear listeners, for those of you who do not currently have the comic pulled up in front of you, since this is an audio medium, I will be letting you know that this desktop truly is a piece of art. It is very nice. Yeah. If you actually want to, once again, if you actually want to see what we're talking about, just read the comic or watch a dub of it yourself. Yes. Now, we only one of up the comic alongside us um while this is not a read-through of the comic and this is more of a reactionary podcast um, yes it is apparently entertaining although i have yet to see the major appeal of it don't worry you'll see it probably about now only one of your chums is logged in he sent you a message would you like to be john I, I would be John. John is the blue text. E.B. I'll be turn to Godhead the red text. Right. Hey, so what kind of insane loot did you rake in today? I looked out the window. I'm sorry. You're okay. Okay. Turn to Godhead became a pestering ectobiologist at 1613. Hey, so what type of insane loot did you rake in today? What type of insane loot did I rake in today? Um, I'm red, you're blue. Shield pestering. Oh, here we go. I just got a little I just got a little monsters poster. It's so awesome. I'm gonna go watch it again today. The, uh, the apple juice scene was so funny. Oh hell, that is such a coincidence. I just found an unopened container of apple juice in my closet and it's just like fucking Christmas up here. Okay, that's fine. But I have one question and then a word of caution. Have you ever seen a movie called Little Monsters starring Howie Mandel and Fred Savage? But the seal on the bottle is unbroken. Are you suggesting someone put piss in my apple juice at the factory? (laughs) All I'm saying is, don't you think monster howie mandel has the power to do something as simple as reseal a bottle try using your brain why did the fact hit a rover drink it it drank it know what piss tasted like i mean his reaction was not instantaneous it was the 15th day in a row howie mandel peed in his juice okay i can accept that monster be a celebrity douchebag are cunning and persistent pranksters also fred savage has a really punchable face who cares about this let's stop talking about it did you get the beta yet no did you i'm sorry i zoned out for a second 
it's it's completely fine. Man, I got two copies already. But I don't care. I'm not gonna play it or anything. The game sounds boring. Did you see how it got slammed in Game Bro? Game Bro is a joke and we both know it. Yeah. Why not go check your mail? Maybe it's there now. Alright. John, look out the window. Oops, sorry. You see this you see this view of your yard from your window. Hanging from a tree is your tire string. In the kids' yard, a tree a tree without a tire string is like a proper gentleman without a monocle. That is to say, you can hardly be considered a terribly proper gentleman at all. Sir, will you please stop knocking? Speaking of which, our third co-host has finally joined. Hello, Kamori Kuhn. Hello, it is your lovely uh, other co-host, Kamori Kuhn of the Wild West. Lovely to have you here. <laughs> Very lovely. It's lovely to be here. Anyways, you just missed our introduction to turn tech godhead, so sucks to be you. But we have there that I can in fact edit the audio. So um lengthy introductions once again will not be necessary until next episode. Yep. Now let's continue on. And there, beside your driveway, is the mailbox. Why don't John. You yeah, John, examine the mailbox. The little They're red like... arm swingy dealy thing, or whatever it is called, look up. What the heck is that thing called anyway? You do not have time for these semantics. The red flippy lever thing means that you have new mail. And that means the beta might be here. John, go outside and check the mailbox. You're about to hurry downstairs when you hear a car pull up into the driveway. It looks like your dad has returned home from the grocery store. Oh, great. He's beating you to the na- mail. Forget it. Check the mail later. Yeah. All right. From what I've heard, this gets kind of complicated and, like, space happens, but all I can see is this dude is just hanging out in his bedroom. For now, yes. Once they enter the game... Just wait for it. If you go downstairs to get it, sorry, who's reading? Um, Mori, do you have the comic pulled up, or are you just sitting in and listening? Oh, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on the right page. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read this page? Uh, sure. We're on page thirty. Yeah. If you go downstairs to get it, he will likely monopolize hours of your time. You decide to chill out up here for a while until the dust settles. Sometimes you feel like you are trapped in this room, stuck. If you will, in a sense, which is possibly borders on the titular. And now Chun is pestering you again. The clockwork of friendship turns so sleep. Operating the swing lever, delays of harassment and perpetuality. Perpetuity. Whatever. The dude can just hold his damn horses. John, examine games on CD rack. Now, here's the thing about this part. We could actually go through and play all these games individually, but let's not do that today. I I believe this is going to be, like, a special episode of us commenting as we play these games, isn't it? Yes. Well, we're here, though. We put Countless Man out on these assortment of quality titles. 
Wait, what? I was just reading the text which said, you put countless man hours in this assortment of quality titles. I see. Now, John, read Colonial Saturn's daunting text. Colonial Saturn's daunting text of magical frivoly and practical jabbery. You decide to consult with the Colonial's bottomless wisdom. Good grief, this thing It could kill a cat if it dropped on it. Why would you compare that? John. It's related to things. I'm scared. Are they going to kill a cat? Cameron, if they're going to kill a cat, I, I don't think I can do this podcast. <laughs> it's a little bit illegal. It's fine, it's fine. But to really dig into this hefty book, you will have to caps log it. You're not sure if you're ready to log down your other artifacts beneath it just yet. Log your fake arms again. Wait, quick thing. Should we like swap off every page or like how are we reading this? Um, honestly, I'm reading whatever page I want when I feel like I haven't jumped in in a while. Um, we might want to set like a specific narrator or at least a specific rotating narrator thing. Here, um, how about you read the um narration and i'll read the actions and john's voice okay and occasionally tamori can um hop in and do other voices slash oh yeah there's there's two thousand two hundred something characters they'll i'm saying saying we'll assign different voices to characters as they add characters definitely since it's only john and his pester some um tamori will do any extra voices and other sound effects. Yeah, don't right. worry. It's only like 10 pages until tur- until Tentacle Therapist gets added in. I see. Okay, now let's resume this. Mori? Oh, what? <laughs> are, are you good with the um, reading schedule? Oh, yeah, I am. Sorry, my audience is a little today. That's uh, fine. I know you don't have anything for now, so just whenever you want to hop in and say anything, go ahead. Alright, free. Well, Let's resume. I think we should also stop occasionally to, like, make comments, like, everything. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anytime you think comment. anything, just start saying it after we finish reading, the, like, the narration. Yeah. Alright. Jump in whenever. Okay. Three, two, one, let's start. Capslog fake arms again. Wait, what did you just say? You don't want to clog up your. Oh, Jesus, in a moment of lapse of concentration, you accidentally capslog the arms again. Set pester chum status to bully. Don't think the situation is quite dire enough to go all the way to Ryan, Chris, but you still feel the pester chum clients would reflect your mood in some way. Bully will have to do, you guess. This, unsurprisingly, does nothing whatsoever. Oh, wait. You forgot your chum is still pestering you. Answer, answer, chum. Answer your chum, John. Is it there? Please say yes. Maybe you can play with TT because she's been pestering me all day about it. She's not found me so hard. Is it all the time that I start to feel embarrassed for her? I mean, not that I can blame her or anything. 
Yes, it is understandable because you are really attractive. I am attracted to you. Thank you. JK, haha. No, I don't have it yet. My dad has the mail and I guess I have to go get it from him and see if it's there. And I've been busy spending all afternoon shitting around with my stupid Philodex. It's so frustrating. What's your modest? What? How do you retrieve artifacts from it? Oh, like, one at a time, I guess? And if I put too much in, something falls out. Stack. <laughs> what is yours? Hash map. My bro taught me how to- My bro taught me a few tricks. He basically knows everything and is awesome. What the hell is that? You should probably brush up on your data structures. I guess. Do you at least locate your strength specifists? No. You can free up a card for you. Plus, it lets you attack stuff whenever things get too hot to handle. Which is never. What have you got? Well, I got this hammer, but it's trapped under some arms. Wow, you really suck at this, don't you? Just get rid of the arms and it'll locate the hammer to the specifist. How? I don't know, use the arms on any old thing and see if it works. I see. Okay. Combine the fake arms with the cape. But... By the way, that was probably the most Sildex has ever had explained in the comic. I see. Well. You stick the fake arms in the cake on your bed. This definitely makes the cake at least a 300% more hilarious. You're sure Col Colonial Saskia would know the price and in in index of elevity ele elevated hilarity. I'm sorry, I cannot speak. Struggling there, are you? Yes. Anyway. Um, Kamori, since this is also your first time going through the comic along with me, um, what are your thoughts so far? Um, I think that if I ever happen to own fake arms, I'm going to place them in cake. Just to experience that. I don't know. It just sounds nice, you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that is true. And so therefore, I will be trying it fake arms yes. for that purpose. I should also mention, Kamori has not actually read the first, like, 25 pages. He just kind of jumped in. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but it's fine. This is when you jump in the middle of a recording without any prior notice. Well, wonderful. Great time. to be you, then. Uh, ha, ha, uh -huh. Also, you might want to specify the fact that it's John doing it, since later we'll be swapping from, like, Rose do this, Dave do this, John do this, like, every five pages, so. I see. Yes. Well, I'm going to read what John does. When other people join, um, that is up for Kamori and you to figure out who's going to do the next character. Let's hope. Now. Let's John, allocate the hammer to strive specifist. Yeah, John, you do that. You go down, select hammer kind, you check the back of your strife specifist, and for the kind asterisk you have in mind for it. John selects hammer. Well, strife specifist has been allocated with a hammer kind asteratus. The hammer has been moved from your capture log deck to your strife deck. Report, John reports for progress. PG. 
Who is Kiji? Turns out Godhead. You'll find out later. Okay, I did a... Hammer kind? Yeah. Okay, that'll be the permanent alacrization for your specimens. I guess I should have mentioned that. Um, Hope you like hammers, dude. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. I can't imagine it's going to be all that relevant. Oh, I have a feeling that statement is going to come and slap him in the face later. Cameron, any comments? All I'm saying is I have a browser extension that lets me have the author's notes from the book on the side. And all it said there was, that's a lie. <laughs> it just says that's a lie. Yeah. Do, do you know what which is lying? Is is it not the permanent allocation, or is it, or is it about the relevancy? I'm not it? saying nothing. Of course you weren't. No. <laughs> John Capuchlov, Colonel's Big Book. Now that you have some space in your syllabus to work with, you figure my will start squandering it immediately. Ordinarily, this ridiculous book would be way too heavy to carry around in any practical way. I guess this is maybe one fact in which the cards present some inconvenience. John examined the Game Bro magazine. Game Bro Suburb! Why, the game of the year, whatever is as good as the mother stuff I like, is that is better. Honestly, that is the internet mood for a lot of things. Oh, yeah. I know. John, of course, reads the article. Okay, so... Are, are we going to have to read the article? I'm going to read it, don't worry. So, okay, Suburb is like the game that... Wait, 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 wait. Can, can I read it? Bet. Go ahead. It. I want to go ahead. Go ahead. So, okay, Suburb is this game that a lot of cats seem hella pumped of, and this beta is sitting on my desk for review, so I'm like, yeah, man, I'll write something, but I don't know, I'm like, so this house, or some noise, that's fine, I'm sure that's, like, dynamite in a handbag for some brosives, but I'm all saying is, what do you get to thrash, when do you get to thrash anything, while you're playing house or some crap, are you even in jeopardy or getting mud on your doll dress or whatever from busting out and I quote the mad stunts of all wicked up wicked upins? Now what I'm saying, Broyoma, I don't actually play this game, but I gave it 1.5 out of hats. <laughs> I gave it 1.5 hats out of five hats to keep it real. At this point, I'd like to give a shout out to my boy Dennis, who's all who's over the other day we were going to chill in front of the dark night and he was so psyched of it y'all so this one time he was leaning against the screen door and the crap popped open and the back desk was wet and he slipped down the steps and broke his thumb on the lawn it wasn't a long fall but hey i guess thumb bone wasn't made for supporting the brunt of huge useless tool against wet grass he never did watch dark night on account of ron trucking his balling candy ass girth to the hospital but it's cool. I got another watch in me. Brotal Rwanda. Ronan. Dennis is so wasted. <laughs> I mean, bang. Rating for Spurbs. One and a half hats. 
I can't believe I just read that with my own mouth. <laughs> ready. It was a dedication for me. I'm sorry for everything I messed up while reading that. <laughs> and for reading that in the fact that, like, while you were reading that, there's literally a meat or candy advertisement on the bottom of my screen. That's nice. Yeah. John Capshaw's game, bro. It might come in handy if you ever need something that burns easily. John Capshaw's magician's hat. Bro, why are you Capshaw-logging all this useless crap? You spend your final card on the magician's hat. Get the funny glasses, too. You don't have a free card in your symbol decks. However, you are able to merge the Beagle Pass with the Magician's Hat to create a clever disguise, which, if you press the link, shows you just a bunch of different clever disguises. Wear a disguise to fool your dad, John. Do it. John? Who is this John you you speak of? You're quite certain there has never been, nor will be... Yeah, this is a really shitty disguise. While you're wearing the items, they remain on the card, but is temporarily removed from the deck, thus freeing up cards beneath. John leaves his room. Yeah. You exit into the hallway. On one wall hangs a picture of a fellow who knows how to have a laugh. A man after your own heart. You always saw him to look a lot like Michael Sierra, but your dad swears on the many hollow tomes of Egypt that is not. You're not sure about that, though. On the other wall is one of your dad's stupid clowns, or harlequins, as he is quick to correct anyone who would venture such a brazen accusation. Assumption. I can talk. Of of course you can. I... I'm not surprised. John heads downstairs. He goes down some stairs, and... We are led to a couple of visuals of his living room, which is quite nice after all. And there's a huge gift in the center. So that there is. The accursed odor of fresh baking wafts into your newfound nostrils. Something is brewing in the kitchen. It must be the convenience of your arch nemesis, Betty Crocker, which leads to a w- Wikipedia article about Betty Crocker. The rich, buttery aroma of her plot stinks to high heaven. This mission is going to be more difficult than you imagined. Now, I've heard from one of your many rants that Betty Crocker is a recurring villain. Is this true? I'm not going to annoy anything, but she isn't called the Batter Witch for nothing. I see. Um... Kamori, what are your thoughts on Betty Crocker? Um, I think that her... I'm literally come at me for saying this, but I think that her stuff is overpriced. It is. Like, no one's going to pay 30 bucks for a tiny little dish that happens to be, like, painted green. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Betty Crocker's stuff can be overpriced, but like she makes some damn good pancakes. I mean, she makes good pancakes, but like otherwise, her shit's pretty, pretty yeah. expensive. Food, like I mean, like her, who, who, what do you use Betty Crocker for other than to make pancakes? Like, to like who has it in your house with the bowls? That's what my mom does. I make all of her like dishware and stuff is way too expensive, but like the food is pretty good. Yeah. I, I didn't even know Betty Crocker made dishware. All I 
knows that my grandmother owns one of her recipe books. Oh, I can't And the only recipe we use from that book is her pancakes. Yeah. Uh, Can I read this page? Sure. Um, Yeah, go ahead. John admires the Harlequins. You check out the shelves of fanciful Harlequins. Look at this garbage. You hate this stuff. Funny is funny, but your dad sure can be a little cornball. Sometimes at night, you pray for burglars. John, of course, examines the fireplace like any any good studious young boy. Any good 13-year-old. Bright orange flame flickers in the fireplace. It doesn't matter that it's April and not terribly chilly outside. In a home, a fireplace needs a fire. Because what else is a fireplace for? A fire belongs in a fireplace, damn it. You capachagorically. You're, you capachagorically at all times. Without exception. A domestic myth of unaccountable origin holds. A home burrows the spirit of flame for as long as it makes a guest of it. As much as the moon takes a liberty with the sun's rays. The moon is an errant theft and her pale full of fire as she snatches from the sun. From Mark Twain. You're most certain Mark Twain said that. How much are you going to bet Mark Twain did not actually say oh, that? I bet all my money that I own in. I would bet all of my fancy Santas. Fancy, fancy Santas? It's a thing. Cameron, I not told you something about that? What? If I told you the most powerful strife specifist in Homestuck was fanciful Santas, what would you say? I would say, God, am I in for a ride? I was going to say, yeah, I would literally leave. Don't leave. I I might combust on the spot. Don't worry, we, we don't get to that until trickster mode. We're fine. Not gonna lie, the horrible thing is that the whole time we've been reading it, the god fucking damn it, Dave thing has been stuck in my head because all day that's the only thing that's been on my for you page. Do you know what that song is about? Yes, I do. Will you believe me if I told you that I've never heard that song, and even though Cameron had tried to explain to me what the song was about while we were, in fact, on the communal Minecraft server, um, that I did not hear him. So um, I am still left in the dark about what that song is about. Honestly, I don't know if our podcast is strong enough to handle what it's about from the content that I've been given. It would snap I'm under scared. the pressure. Anyway, I mean completely honest when I say the Homestuck fandom scares me oh, same. immensely. Especially the old Homestuck fandom was literally like the worst. Be- Do you hear about the Terezi cosplayer who took a bath in Sharpies to dye her skin gray for a convention and got alcohol poisoning? Uh, what? Oh, that's. Well, I'm not gonna say nice, but informal. she did it in a car co- in a in a hotel bathroom too. A hotel bathroom that is expensive. Yep. Um. Anyways, John tosses the game bro into the fire. <laughs> Thank you for that lovely transition. You're so welcome. It doesn't burn as quickly as you hoped. Each game bro magazine is guaranteed to be printed on a forty percent recycled asbestosoid. Asbestos. Asbestos. Big ups for Mother Earth, yo. 
John fondly regards the cremation. Oh my you God, examine, you examine the, what? Speak up. No. <laughs> Never mind. No, what did you say? No. No. It's only fair. Anyways, you examine the sacred urn <laughs> you departed Nana's ashes. When you tell your father, you when your father gives her portrait a wistful glance now and then, you can tell it brings back painful memories. A tall bookshelf, a ladder, now an abridged colonial saskers. He never wants to talk about it. If you can't tell, a, the colonial saskers book fell on her and a... Things happened, apparently. Is that what you were foreshadowing earlier? Well, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I see. I thought I thought you were foreshadowing the death of a Well, I mean, cat, like... But... I didn't say that was the only reference to it. Oh. oh. Would it be... Would it be awful for me to say that I was relieved when I discovered... <laughs> the first death commented on was not of an animal. Honestly, I... same, though. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. Top, Topple the urn. You come clumsily mishandled sacred urn, ashes everywhere. In retrospect, upon mulling cinematic tropes regarding ash-filled urns, this outcome was a virtual certainty. You better clean it up before Dad finds it. Combine Father's Pipe with Clever Decide with clever disguise. You think now would be a good time to beef up your clever disguise? Examine the oversized gift. Champ, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. I believe in you. Contemplating what could be inside this package is sort of exciting, but it makes you a little nervous at the same time. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I said you can do anything you want when you're <laughs> You can't. He, he low-key has main character syndrome, and I'm saying this as a John Kinney. Anyway. Oh, I can't believe I just heard you utter the words Kenny. I have a kin list. It's not even I literally have a slideshow for my kin list. Oh my god, do you oh, want to see it? Bro, speaking of uttering the words, I've never actually heard, like, Cameron talk a lot. <laughs> Yes, for many people, this is the first time we are hearing Cameron. It's the first time I've heard word. myself talk. Anyway, John opens a large present. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh my god, Why did I take that so Texan? Oh my god. I hide it, but I have a very strong Texan accent. I see. Wow. For those of you who are listening, sadly, why are you still here? Yeah, why are you still present? 30 minutes of us ranting about Homestuck. Um, anyway, for those of you who are listening through an audio medium, since this is in fact a podcast, and not reading along, um, there is a large clown with no arms. Harlequin, as he is quick to correct anyone who dares utter the words. Yeah. I see. Anyway, let's have Sherlock's matches. I see. Combine ashes with urn. First, you prop up the Harlequin doll on the couch, having it in the middle of the floor sprawled out all 
key window like that is struck you as unseemly. Capture like the ashes to your available card. You merge sacred ashes with you made you merge the sacred urn with the ashes. Most of the ash is back in the urn, but it's a total mess. Really, it would have been tidier if you just used a room and a dustpan. John puts the urn back on the fireplace where it belongs. None of the wiser, except maybe people's eyes. Go get the fake arms again. I just got another brilliant idea for something to do with those pointless arms. Pry them out of the cake and capture log them. Looks like Pastor Chum is acting up again. Examine third and fourth walls of the room. And then it's just a still oh. of the other side of his room. I see. Check, Pastor Chum. Another one of your chums is messaging you. Kamori, would you like to voice act this chum? Of course, good sir. Let me open the pastor log. I will continue to voice Egbert. Alright. As always. I understand that you have recently come into possession of the beta release of the theme of the year. As featured in respectable period ah periodicals such as Game Bro magazine. That's an ugly rumor. Whoever told you that is a filthy liar. And you should probably stop hitting on him all the time or whatever. I can't control myself. I must have a weakness for inseparable pricks. Anyway, I still haven't checked the mail. My dad has it. I'm trying to go get it from him, so BRB. John. What? You're wearing one of the your disguises now, aren't you? You're typing to me right now while wearing something ridiculous. No, why would you even think that? That's so stupid. Okay. Why don't you go get the game for me, father? Alright, wish me luck. Oh, by the way, JK was wearing one of my funny disguises this whole time. Gotcha. Ah, ha, ha, ha. I know, John. We all know, John. <laughs> I'm aware, John. I feel, I feel the disappointment radiating from the, these three words. <laughs> like, I can tell that was written with such distaste. I know, just such it's, annoyance. Yeah. Alright, John, go back downstairs. John goes back downstairs. You can now execute- Oh, sorry. You can now execute that brilliant idea you had. There should be just enough frosting on the fake arms to serve as an adequate adhesive. John attaches the arms to the doll. (laughs) You don't care what Colonial Sasker says. This makes it at least a million percent funnier. You know- I hate to imagine how sticky that would be. He touched it with his own handless body. He has arms. He has arms, I swear. He has no arms. How are we going to get a kiss kiss? Very ugly. No arms for him. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That was an amazing reference. It was. John inspects the burnt paper on the floor. Bull, bro, blarone. You put this back in the fire where it belongs. Into the fire. Well, as long as you're cleaning up. John catalogs the doll. You can carry hefty items, but this is just way too big. Get real. Besides, you don't even want it. John reads clonal Thassagrave's text. I'm not reading that. 
I suppose I will. I can. It's kind of hard to read, but I can see it. Hell's bells. We are having a mighty sporting time of it. Hold fast, my intrepid fellow pranksmiths. We merely make the mahogany of our japing chest. If I may direct the incentive ogle of your beagle puss to the riddling regencies of rubber bugs, plastic parasites, squirming serpents, pliable pests in every such order, and flies of creepy crawly. Landscapes alive we are cooking with petrol now, and the furthest exits we shall dwell on the artifice useful to your exploits. Is your pappy's rod and reel handy? What about a bit of iron cord? It shouldn't prove elusive. Bring those writhing rascals to life and set the nerves of some old maid to the wreck of Hesperus. Do you have a bothersome aunt who you never seem troubled to find with ways your sunny afternoon? A broad sundry fence, a bucket of whitewash, perhaps. By gum, you'll fix her wagon. And what with tawny gent put his lackadaisical lean near the sarsaparilla farm? You'll have that listless awkward find and spring and step just yet. You thought about, creepy cons- you thought about consulting the text to determine how exactly to hilarious the doll is now, but this text is way too big to navigate in a timely fashion. You decide to forget it all. I have no idea what I just read, and honestly, I don't think I want to know what I just read. <laughs> you don't. I spoke words without absorbing any of it, and I think that is for the better of it. Yeah. The door on the left leads to the kitchen, from which the smell of baking logs, a powerful aroma which could lift an especially portly hobo off his feet. I'm sorry, I did it again. It's fine. The door on the right leads to the study where your dad spends a lot of time. He could be in either room. Where will you go? I'll go into the study. Or, well, John will. John will go into It doesn't look like he's here either right now. Examine your father's desk, John. Do it, you nosy little... Little... Just nosy. Just a nosy, nosy little... On the desk is a, is, a, is a deck of playing cards, one of your dad's pipes, the April issue of the Serious Jester magazine, and a stray capsule on card. There's also a can of peanuts on the desk. Haha, <laughs> oh dad, you won't be falling for that one again anytime soon. Severe peanut allergy is a terrible affliction to cope with. I would assume so. John, upgrade costume with hat from hat rack. You swap the magician's hat for a bowler hat. Disguise is somewhat less funny, but a lot more distinguished looking. John combines second pipe with clever clever disguise. Your dad maintains numerous pipes around the household. They say a dad without a... A dad without a... Or a father without a pipe. It's like a strapping young roughneck without a toothpick. That is to say, he has a rather pissful excuse for roughneck, if you ask me. You'd rather not take the pipe, though. The first one tastes bad enough as is. How will you suffer for your comedy? Examine the caps log card. Yes, this will be the perfect for expanding the space in your silhouette. John caps logs the caps log card. Now we have our first sound page, which is John play haunting piano refrain. Thank you, whoever is providing the sound. 
Tom plays 52 pickup. You play the pouring store's favorite card game. Even though you're alone in the room, thus rendering an especially foolish version of Solitaire. So stupid, look at this mess. The peanut gallery over there is sure to get a kick out of it. They're allergic to their scorn. You know, maybe this comic has hope for it yet. Just give it time. I've already... Don't worry, the first, the first like three acts are meant to be confusing, so then later you can look back on them and go, that's what that meant. So the first three acts are all foreshadowing? Kind of, yeah, basically. Where it's basically, you're figuring out what out what's happening while John is, and then you kind of just cut to, I'm not, you, I'm not even going to spoil it. I see, okay. Kamori, what are your thoughts so far on all of this? Um... It's, I think I'm slowly understanding a little bit more than I was when I first joined, and uh, I, I think it's pretty interesting. I think that this is something that I could get into. Well, I hope you strap in. The thing you missed before you joined was him capsulogging arms and putting them in. You didn't even get his name. Same place as we were. I'm going to recommend you go back and read those first few pages. Yeah. It just basically explains what his name is and such. Okay. But yes. Let's attempt to leave the house. You go back into the living room and contemplate checking the mailbox outside. You think perhaps you should exhaust all possibilities before plunging in and headlong with a dad with it into a dad encounter. Your television is currently airing a commercial. Which of course is um a Ghostbusters reference. Of course. The word ghost escapes me. That's a mood. <laughs> exit. You exit the house. John goes and checks the mail. Predictably, the mailbox is empty. You've already it's you've already been scooped up by your father. We have another sound page and an animation which I wish y'all could see. Once again, we do recommend that you pull up the comic and read alongside with us. This is or just read by yourself. I have no idea why you are so listening to our incessant chatter and not at all quality audio. But yes, it's basically just showing John's house, his the sun. It's basically just a, like a intro. intro scene. For Homestuck. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yep. The streets are empty. Wind skims the void, keeping neighbors apart. As if greeting a hollow cut reed, or say a plundered mailbox, a familiar note is produced. It's the one desolation plays to keep its instrument in It's your room. 13th birthday. As with all 12 preceding it, something feels like it's missing from your life. The game presently eluding you is only the latest light of hand in the repertoire of unseen schemes or of an unseen riddler, one to endanger not a sense of mirth but a lack. His course is a riddle of absence itself. It's a mystery he dis dispersing altogether, the moon's faint reflection with even one pebble's inquiry dropped in it like a black well is the most diabolical riddle of our all. 
Absent diminishes little passions and increases great ones, as wind extinguishes candles and fans of fire. Walt Whitman. Yes, you are certain Walt Whitman said that. 100% positive. You have a feeling it's going to be a long day. Considering the fact that, honestly, all of the, I believe all of the comic, a good, up until like act six of the comic is all on his birthday, it is a long day. It's like well, I think this is a good place to start. Yes, this would be a good yeah. place. Like, Maury, what are your final thoughts on what you've heard so far? Um, I think that today we have started um the first episode of this podcast, and I think that altogether it went pretty well. Besides, like the first time that we try to record, uh. <laughs> you mean the first four times we tried to record? Oh. Honestly, we don't know what we're doing, and we really do hope that things get more. I don't know what's the word clean, uh, clean in the future, um, but. Once again, thank you for your time, dear listeners. And all in all, how about we say this all on three? I'm sorry. One, two. I'm three. not sorry. 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 Honey is listening to this. Honey, I love you. You're great. <laughs> <laughs>